0: To us recap, I'm Britt. I'm Tim. And today we are recapping Married at First Sight, season 14, episode six.
1: The Dark Side of the Honeymoon. And <sighs> let me just say so a little peek behind the curtain here. When we watch this show, we the way that we kind of organize our thoughts, we take notes on our notes app on our phone. A lot of times we have to pause and rewind to make sure we're getting <laughs> quotes right. And I think I can speak for both of us. Correct me if I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. I don't think I have ever used all caps so much.
0: <laughs> I, I have never had to Screening pause. on my own notes. I've
1: never <laughs> had to rewind to confirm. Did I just hear what I thought I heard? I know. I mean, my thumbs, we watched this episode last night. My thumbs are still sore. I I I, I need up. a splint because I, I was
0: a thumb so,
1: splint. I was so <laughs> just
0: No, I just uh, have to say I felt when it was over like I was simultaneously left speechless and like I could go scream at someone for 15 minutes straight and not stop just because of how scream into the I void.
1: I just do a lap around the neighborhood <laughs> screaming into the void.
0: Now I want to say something. Because obviously we are starting with Chris and Alyssa. There is no other way. I wish we didn't have to. I don't think
1: we're going to have to for long.
0: Yeah, there's no way. There shouldn't be a way that we should be talking about this, like, even two weeks from now. I swear. Um, Because this is just freaking absurd. But we have been left with no choice. Because I would say, speaking of our notes, mine is an endless Dead Sea Scroll of Chris and Alyssa. (laughs) Like literally, it doesn't stop unfurling. If if this cyber note was in paper form, it would just be it would be so many coils. So hashtag so many coils. Uh, <laughs> oh
1: my gosh!
0: But yeah, I I. I feel, okay, I what? oh, that's what I was going to say. So I know a lot of people like to, like, get into the comparison game because usually every season, especially since, like, what, season six or seven, once, like, the group started getting bigger, the entertainment value definitely started becoming a little more of an emphasis. And for that, like, let's be honest as viewers. I know a lot of people are upset, like, it used to be about love, blah, blah, blah. We need to be honest. We would not be recapping this podcast if there wasn't this juicy entertainment value here. So I am never going to be an early years apologist because say what you will, I'm here for the entertainment, even when it makes me want to pull my freaking hair out. Um, but I know there's, there's always a villain, right? There's always at least one person that quote the experts supposedly got wrong or missed and of course we all are left wondering did you really or did you put them in here on purpose but there's always comparison of like would we say she's worse than Chris from
1: I'm a two big seasons comparison ago guy. I love would it. we
0: say she's worse than blah blah and like
1: oh blah blah was great in season 14
0: <laughs> I would just say I don't and then I've had some friends ask like oh my god like who this is their first season like has there ever been anyone as bad as her? And I would just say there's she's on par with all of Maphis's worst villains, but she's her very own unique brand of villain that I have never seen before. So I wouldn't say it's necessarily worse, but I would say it's a special kind of maddening because Alyssa lives in this delusional existence that like, and the commitment to the delusion, is so beyond anything I have ever witnessed that like, I mean, yeah. So I just wanted to say that.
1: Well, she's in a different category because she seems to truthfully not know anything about the format of how the show works. Yeah. And that's, that's the confusing part. So she's terrible in her own way. But on top of that, she's just going outside... I mean I think she thinks she's on Married at First Sight Australia. Married at First Sight Australia. Oh, yeah. we compared has a her completely to Jessica. different um format format. And it's every every garbage, week they choose if they want to stay together, people are hooking up with other people's spouses. They don't
0: actually get legally married. They don't
1: actually. So I think she thinks that She's in a format like this, or like it's no, she
0: thinks she's on hot or not. Or summer (laughs) house or I don't know, but
1: what she she's not on Merit First Sight. She thinks she's on any show but the one that she's currently on. Well, and
0: she's under some illusion that if she says she's a nice person enough times, we will believe it. And, like, little does she know, like, no, all of your actions and everything around you saying that sentence 100,000 times is what we're all looking at. And it actually makes your statements that much worse because there's nothing about this statement you keep making that aligns with what you're really doing. Yeah. So with that said… Let's get into Let's it and rant in. some more. So jump we in. open with Chris basically saying, Shh. I mean, Chris is like at his wits, but the guy just like still won't fully let go. And I, as the episode went on, as more frustrated as I got with him for like continuing to stay, I also kind of see what he's doing. He's, to the, he's stubborn. He's to the point where he's like, oh, no, you will be the one to end this. And good you, for
1: you. Yeah. At this like point you, you will be
0: the one. To own your shit. Do not try and put this game on me. And basically, I believe she is true. I think he's spot on. And I really believe that she is trying to do everything in her power to make it so that he ends up being the, quote, bad guy who walked away. Yep. Even though she has not been actively engaged in this relationship. Since the second she met him. So he makes a says something that I just thought was so spot on. He says, She wants me to act husbandly, but is doing everything in her power to not be a wife. And he just seems so downtrodden. It's so depressing. And suddenly we're being told by Pastor Cal, who we've yet to see anything with, but we're being told, don't worry, we've we're like clued in behind the scenes. Every day, we know how this marriage is and is not going, and we have intervened and planned an outing for them. Basically, so Chris doesn't have to keep forcing these outings. Um, we've planned an activity for them to go play tennis. Which I was like, really? That's your big expert intervention. Yeah. Like, I'd rather. Here's an you- idea:
1: stand on opposite sides of a court with a net separating you right. back and forth.
0: See if this brings you Alyssa-
1: together decides that she gives zero fucks about this shows shows up up, in
0: flip flops
1: flip flops
0: i mean how it's (sighs) she is oozing
1: i wish she would have sprained an ankle she
0: is oozing with i don't give a fuck yeah like there's not even a centimeter of her pretending that she cares about anything other than trying to stay on for the quote experience and look good um so they organize this thing Chris
1: is trying his damnedest here.
0: Oh, God. It just hurts. He's trying so hard.
1: He's trying to be fun and lob the balls back and forth and make comments about the tennis and all this stuff. She's shuffling
0: around in her flips and and flops.
1: I think this is where I think I'm hoping that this will be the last positive thing I have to hear from Chris. Um, But says to camera, she is generally a fun loving person to be around. Christopher. Chris. Are you dealing with the same person that we're dealing with? I don't think so. This well, is he's insane. He's talking
0: about who he sees her be with the other group, with the rest of the group. As if... Like, he is trying so hard to the point that it it, it is hard because you feel like, oh my God, like, please also hold on to your dignity in this. Like, you can be a good person and maintain your di- dignity. You don't have to fully roll over, you know? But I get... He seems like he's a very freaking smart dude. And he's very like he can sit back and observe and analyze really really well, like better than most people that are usually on this show, I feel. And he sees what's going on, but he's really trying to cling to the to the fact that like there was a reason that we were put together and I am going to do my damnedest to try and see it to figure that and out. And I think that him look watching the way she interacts with others is like maybe the only shred of hope he has like other people like her that's or true. like oh that's maybe who the experts met you know yeah um so they're playing and then he's like want to hang out and chill and talk a little she's like sure with the most pure face of disgust I'm like how how can you be such a busy in even the smallest moments like Oh, my God. So they sit down on the bench and really he's trying to figure out. He's like, we're going home tomorrow <laughs> and I don't know where I'm going. Like, are, are we moving in together or are we not? And she starts with her, you know, we start with the words again, the hot button words. It's all about discomfort. It's all about her comfort, respect boundaries. But like, again, still just circling the drain, never actually saying anything. I don't feel comfortable moving into an apartment. And then she goes, but yeah, what are your thoughts? And then he goes, well, when I think of where I would want to go into this process, you know, I came in committing to, and then she cuts him off. And that is where I have queued up some of this conversation because it's just not like we can't, we can't do it. Justice. Roll the tapes. I'm rolling the tapes. Please hold. I get it. Um, I want you to do what you're comfortable
1: with. Um, so when I think of sort of what I had committed to early in the process, it included. I want to stop for one second. going with, like, I was committed in city winning that I'm not, so, yeah. I feel triggered. I feel triggered just by hearing it again. So
0: triggered. So this is our first visit to Alyssa's latest and greatest theory on the Married at First Sight experiment and her intentions. So this is the first we hear of her going, I am actually really concerned because regardless of my discomfort with you and my complete disinterest in this relationship or any version of a real future with you, I, I I feel that it's not fair if we both have to miss out on moving into the high-rise apartment and living next door to our new short-term besties. Excuse me. Excuse me. And also, let's just recall. She literally specifically said, what are your thoughts? She allowed him to get about halfway through a sentence. And because he referenced the commitment. The
1: word commitment. Just the word commitment. The
0: commitment word, you know, that he came in with. She cuts him off. And now he's insinuating something bad about her. And she is now done. But also, just before she walks away, she would like to make it clear that she still thinks that she was robbed of the quote experience. Excuse me. Ec- excuse me. What about his thought? I mean, I have never seen someone so who like so committed to believing that they're a good person whilst being the most selfish human being that I've ever <laughs> witnessed.
1: So, of course, she can't even fully hash this out no. before needing a break. And she, this I, is all I, she I, does. I don't like the way this is going. I'm going to walk away. I
0: don't like where this is going. I mean, the deflecting is insane. And this is like, she's been, do- I mean, the great part about this episode that I appreciated and we got into it more in After Party is like, I think that we all as viewers have reached a point where we're kind of, where you literally are going, wait, what happened again? Like, wait, what is the big cardinal sin that took place here? Like, because all it looks like is you decided from beat one that you were unattracted to him and yet you have held to this idea that like, there's way more about him that you know that isn't aligned with your values you're so different and so like as the days goes on when you hear her say this enough times and treat him like they're in a huge fucking fight and he's wronged her because he's she's yet to even express explicitly why she doesn't think they will work right you find yourself going like did i miss something did i miss something and keisha has said that every week and i felt like this episode like really explicitly laid it out for us because she got called to the carpet multiple times from different angles and basically had no options to run away anymore in the exact same way so then she marches off the court right she's just so upset with where this has gone and now we're going to play our second clip that to me it's also our introduction into the producers being like Full on supporting characters on screen this season, which we've also barely ever seen. Yeah. But I just think that this whole exchange is just so telling of who she is. Here we go.
1: Part of it with them and so like if they all are like last minute like oh, I want to come over like that. I can't
0: just come
1: over mm-hmm. like why is that fair
0: that I get to not live there because I don't want to live with you because we're not compatible why is that fair she's crying to make to make that clear,
1: it's not fair because it's not how the damn
0: show. That's not what works. the show is, you idiot! It's not real world. Like literally, <laughs> I don't get it. It's because like no, because we don't do this.
1: It's it's like uh, I just uh, I, I I don't I can't even I don't even know like what metaphors to come up with here.
0: No, there isn't because it just it's doesn't just... make sense. It's, no, no, and then it escalates even more <sighs> this is when we get into her screaming about his hand gestures he she's upset off to the side talking to the producers and he's talking to a producer in the middle of the tennis court talking there's he's a point like moving
1: his hands he, back and forth. It's like so, I can't, it's, it's not even worth trying gesturing. to explain it because it's just the normalest thing and you guys saw and you know what we're talking about, so.
0: And then it's, ugh, look at his hand gestures right now. It's like aggressive. I mean, look at the way he's pointing. I was like, you have got to be fucking kidding me. This is so severely wrong on so many levels, but the most obvious one being she is using verbiage that is implying that this man has not only wronged her, but is being like emotionally abusive and aggressive. Are you kidding me? Like, that is the last thing that this guy is. And I, so, like we said last week, like it's it was
1: cheapening the whole, what the happens real thing. in like, real it, life. Literally, it's cheapening it. You and you're just putting it, it on. Millions of screens in America calling this guy is freaking essentially an aggressive abuser. Yeah.
0: And it's BS. Yeah. You're literally co-opting terms to avoid taking any responsibility for your behavior and your decision to basically disengage from this relationship the second it started. And then your way of dealing with that is to demonize him. Like this is like The most crazy, like this is gaslighting on on steroids, you know? Like it's just, it's so upsetting. Meanwhile, she's admitting that the biggest frustration to her and the thing that makes her cry is her FOMO over her not being able to come over and hang out with the girls. Are you joking me? Never mind that the entire premise of this show and of getting an apartment, like she's getting lost in the logistics, but the entire premise of getting the apartment is because you have committed to sharing it with your spouse and she's angry, even like she's not even angry about the relationship being over. She's just angry that he would still have any expectations of her and that he would think that the only reason to move in is for the relationship, even though that's exactly what the show is built on. And then she's like, I'm sick of it. I'm stuck in a miserable situation and I could be portrayed in a very bad light here and I am sick of trying to be positive. I was like, ahem, ma'am, when were you ever, when did you ever try to be positive? Like, you are gaslighting me because I do not... That is not the world, the Mathis world that I have bared witness to here. Like, this is so beyond. Then she escalates it further, says, I hate him. He's a fucking asshole. He's disrespectful. He's doing me dirty. That a man would treat a woman like this? I mean, I'm sorry. There's nothing else to call this except psycho. Like, fully psycho. Like, You have a psycho person on the loose who is co-opting important words for real people, twisting them to mean to not mean any have anything to do with what they actually mean. Also, she doesn't have to take ownership of the fact that maybe she hasn't been acting like a good person. Maybe, in fact, she thought she was a good person and she can't deal with the fact that she's actually not. You know? Yeah. Like the most extreme version of projecting. But like, oh my gosh, I've just, I've never witnessed someone this committed to their delusion for this long in this exact way. You know what, if you before. were a
1: good person, what you would do is sit down, have an adult conversation, because, yep. but you can't, and we'll get into that, and say, look, here's the deal. I told the experts these things, and I'm going to be honest with you you're not my type you're i'm not attracted to you i'm sorry like that's on me i apologize i realize what you're i realize how disappointing and how crushed you are that i can't continue going forward anymore and i'm so sorry that i ruined this experience, your experience. i ruined you. your experience that would be being a good person yep, yep. you are doing Zero of those things I just listed. Zero. You you can't even sit down and have a conversation with them. You're not even at the at the starting line of what it would look like for you to be a good person.
0: I know. I know.
1: Flabbergasted.
0: I know. Um, at a loss
1: for words.
0: At a loss. I am speechless. Like literally half of what I have is just awful quotes from her. The only time I'm happy here is when I'm with the girls or by myself. I'm a good person and I'm going to be fucking pissed if I'm not going to be portrayed in a good light. Which is when that king of a producer said, look, it's not called single at first sight. It's called married at first sight. And she's like, i feel like i'm handling this better than anyone else would i'm like wait no, just absolutely not like absolutely not it is a tale as old as time with this format that there are always couples who end up together that are not their types and look have we had we've had plenty of conversations about the reality of the importance of some level of physical attraction but there's also a lot of room for growth within that. And if you are a smart human applying to be on this show, the assumption should be that you're coming in with a certain openness that a lot of people out there in the streets do not have. That's the whole point. Yep. So for you to actually think you're handling this well and better than anybody else in this, I'm like... Do you think you're the first person that's been on Married at First Sight and hasn't been initially attracted to their partner? No. Like, you did not invent the wheel, ma'am. Yeah. This has happened plenty of times before. And, yeah, half the time it goes left pretty fast. Usually you see a lot more effort, though, for the sake of effort. But half the time it goes the other way. And it ends up surprising all people involved and, like, solidifying why this process can be magical For the right people, you know? Yes. So, LOL to you thinking whatever the fuck you think. (laughs) Um, So, the producer says, you basically need to decide what you're going to do next real soon here. And she's like, again, she's just avoiding her biggest pet peeve is being put on the spot about any choice around him. Because any choice... If an honest choice around him would mean her having to leave, A, this tropical, beautiful island vacation that she's getting paid for, and B, her new high-rise loft apartment with her new besties.
1: And I'm sorry.
0: Who don't know her bad sides yet because she is manipulating them to only see one side of her.
1: One and- already <laughs> hates her. Yeah. Lindsay already hates her. Right. Noise seems just kind of whatever, disinterested. Yeah. Yeah. Katina's her really only ally, yeah. but there's only so long with how outspoken well, and Lajuan, No, I was, I'm getting to her. Yeah, uh. Jasmina is starting to see like what the what's going on here, you know, and with how outspoken Olajuwon is. Yeah, Katina's gonna like kind of, I don't know, whatever. But it's not like you have lifelong friends here. No. You're not not, starting a book and wine club with these people.
0: Exactly. And it makes you wonder, because, I mean, here's the thing. Every loved one in her life that approached him at the wedding made a point to say that when she's angry, run for the hills and avoid her until she's not angry anymore. And you have to wonder, like, how... How much do the how, how good deep are, are, these, these friendships? How deep are these friendships? Yeah. yeah. How good are these friendships? How much do these friends really like you or are you just like the effing and Karen of the group in the Dane Cook sense, you know the old Yes. Karen. Not the like new the,
1: No. Not the woke Karen talk.
0: No. Um which I mean whatever she could be that too but we don't know. But like like the person in the group that no one really wants around, but like still everybody feels, you know, anyway, we all Damn, know that. Karen's
1: person. have been getting bad raps for I a know, long poor, time.
0: God bless anyone named Karen like 25 years ago. Uh-
1: <laughs> it's not fair. It's just not. <laughs>
0: it's just everyone stop naming your kid that and we'll be fine. Um but yeah, it's it's it just that's a random side note, but it does make you wonder, like why are you other than what she's not saying, which is Camera time, more camera time equals more followers on Instagram. And I've always believed deep down that her dream is to be an Instagram hottie wearing various athletic ensembles that are like Revolve brand that she can get sponsored by. And like maybe some vitamin gummy bears or something like deep down. I think that that's probably her biggest dream, but she really can't say that one. So at least focus on the friendships, the girls, the girls, um, which is feels like a great way to transition into her time with Katina, Jasmina and Alyssa. Um You know, she's she's just so manipulative. Like, it's really disturbing to watch her in action separate from Chris because it's very clear that she's trying to get a narrative going. She believes like if I can keep everyone away from the me and Chris of it all, then I can control the story, you know, which is why her biggest pet peeve is being put on the spot in front of the group. So she's with them alone. I just have to say, I think like her favorite part of filming so far has been laying on that towel in her bikini and flexing her abdominal muscles for like at least five seconds before the girls approached. I just really think that's part of her whole thing. She's
1: going in. Um,
0: But she starts with being sad. It's hard to be around everyone and like not have it, you know, like everyone being happy.
1: Well, I think it's interesting you know, she says. Obviously, Chris and I yeah. didn't uh, think
0: this would thought be our this situation. wouldn't
1: be our situation. And it's funny to see how the strategy changes throughout this episode because, yeah. like you said, it she morphs. doesn't like being called out in the group. Yeah, and so through leading up through most of this episode, the whole thing is well, Chris, Chris and, and I, I are both really disappointed. Yeah. Well, as soon as Chris gets a chance to yes. talk in front of the group, he's like literally give me a morsel of food falling down from the table that I can pick up give me 1 ounce of something that to show that you're committed and his desperation while in some ways is a little uh, pathetic is too strong of a word but in it, you you get what I'm saying yeah. like but it shows to everyone else in the group that was an
0: important that
1: part. Oh, all this guy needs is something, and just the fact an that answer. you won't give him that shows that this isn't you. Guys, both aren't
0: no. disappointed. The only here. reason that Chris is also robbed is because you robbed him of this experience. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it's stop completely this on you. False equivalency but the, but that's, bullshit.
1: That's the strategy leading on. I mean, she's almost like she's a mouse trapped in a maze, and she's just trying out different avenues. And you're <laughs> really stuck on the morsel. Oh, yeah. Is this, Are you thinking it?
0: of a cheese morsel now?
1: I don't know. <laughs> Stop saying the word morsel. Um, <laughs> but anyway, yeah. Do you get what I'm saying? It's All like, right, let's yeah, try really this avenue out of the base. It Boom. made me so
0: angry when she tried to lump him into her story. And, like, they were the same person and they're going through the same thing. And I, she, she keeps saying this technicality, which I love because it didn't work very well. I came into this and put in all the same efforts as everyone else, which she's always it's a it's a really convenient use of words to avoid like because what she means, she's talking about everything that led up to getting picked, right? Well, and I'm here now.
1: I'm physically present in this location.
0: Yeah. But she's really referring to how bad she originally wanted it when she had her Abercrombie model in mind. And all of the hours she did the interviews, blah, blah, wah, wah, we wah, wah, all the dreaming she did. None of it's relevant to the second the experiment actually began, right? But she can use her words really well to sort of talk around it. So Jasmina looks at her when she says that. Did you really do everything you could? And then she goes, I wanted to get married as much as everyone else, LOL. But then she inevitably has to end up admitting that she wrote him off after what his family said because they push and they go, okay, so what happened? And why do you know that you're not a good fit? And then she's like, brings up, well, there's things that his friends and family said to me that just did not sit right. They just didn't sit right. They're opposite of my value system, blah, 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 blah. And that's when you can see it dawning on the girls for the first time. Like, oh, so all the stuff that our husbands have been talking shit on in our hotel room behind their back and we've been like backing Alyssa because we don't know any better. This is what they're talking about. And I really appreciated that Katina was like, Okay, well, I'm just gonna call you out and say that maybe you slipped up by taking everything you heard from from a few people at the wedding at face value. If I was in your situation, I would have given him a chance and like given him a chance to like show me himself.
1: Put it in your back pocket, is what yeah, she said. Yeah. And it's like, okay, and lest we forget, the the information that was shared with Alyssa at the wedding was not. Chris has a family cut up in his freezer. <laughs> Chris is a hoarder and you can't enter the foyer of his house. Right. Um, no. Whatever. Insert any it was, appalling things. Sometimes thing. he's
0: annoying and you have to tell him to shut up. Yeah. Literally. I, I'm annoying sometimes. You have I, to tell I, me to shut up all the 100%. time. 100%. But this is when she goes, I think personally, the real thing is you are not attracted to him. And she's like, do you? Because, of course, Alyssa's is like, he's blaming me. He's blaming me. And it's so hard. And she's like, do you think maybe the reason he's blaming you is because you threw in the, t- the towel right at the beginning? I get it. Physical attraction matters. And maybe you need to just tell him frankly, because I think these other reasons are confusing him. And. She basically admits that she would have rather not been matched at all than be matched with Chris, a.k.a. someone that didn't fit her physical type. So, I mean, it's more of the same. It's more Twatty McTwatterson behavior that's unacceptable and I just can't. So then we have Chris meet up with MTS and Lindsay.
1: They're a- a- adopted brother.
0: Yeah, which I-, I have to say, I really love the way... That they rally around him and just really have his back and hear him out on everything. And, I mean, Lindsay's very frank. She's like, oh, you just were at the aisle and you were not her vision. She had a vision. And we know she literally had a literal vision that a psychic told her like five seconds before. And she wrote you off. And they're both just really affirming. And he's frustrated. This is the one thing that killed me, though. It's like he's still hanging on to this one percent thing, which we'll get into more later. But this becomes this one percent philosophy becomes like a through line of the whole episode, right? Like if even one percent of her is in this, mor- I, it's morsel, worth it to me, if you will. Dev, a morsel. <laughs> um, well, but it kills me because he does say something like, "The hard part for him is that he thinks that they were matched right." And that they are very compatible. And that she just doesn't know it yet because she can't look past her superficial bullshit. And that was bolstered, of course, by the fact that multiple girlfriends and his mo- her mom at the wedding told him, like, you are not the type she's always dated, but you are the type that she needs. And yeah. we really hope you give her a chance and that you wait it out because she needs someone like you. So that part's just a little, like. I'm not saying that he's wrong in the sense of what the experts had in mind, but I hate that it gives him another reason to cling on because we all know that, like, this superficial side of her, I mean, that's clearly the side that is running her love life, and that's how she feels about it. You know, and so when Lindsay was like, you just weren't the vision and that's what it sounds like and that's messed up and she's missing out. You could tell that that stung a little bit because it was like he didn't want to fully own. He was like, yeah, I mean, that could be it, but she hasn't said it yet. And I'm like, sir.
1: Well, it's interesting. It, it There's a little bit of a vibe here that where it's like, you know, your friend. Is going to break up with someone, but they're still together. Yeah. And. It's like, oh, yeah, well, she fucking sucks. And this is all the reasons why. And it's like, well,
0: we're not there yet. We're not there yet. (laughs) Okay, now we go into the group dinner. And obviously, there's some cute things said. We'll mention them when we mention other couples. But like (laughs) the crux of this dinner is Chris and Alyssa's shit finally being put out on the literal and figurative table for the whole group to see. The clearest they have yet. And one of the first questions was like someone asked, you know, because it's like they're doing their like, how's your relationship? How's your relationship? And then, of course, it's all awkward once we get to Alyssa and Chris, which Alyssa has managed to control when she's just with the women. She's been able to assert social control over that situation by claiming, you know, her whole discomfort, respect my boundaries bullshit. But when we're with the whole group and you're looking Chris in the eye and he's clearly like so genuine, it's it's like that in and of itself disarms the women a bit to like be able to see the whole picture a little more. So it leads to Chris sharing that why he wants marriage and kids now and why for years he didn't. And that's really changed only in uh, the last recent years that like he accomplished so much in his life and had so many amazing experiences. And he sort of hit this point where he was like, wow, I think I'm now I get it why people want to really like settle in and commit to someone and like do the rest of this life with each other. And I wrote, oh my God, this is the most Alyssa has ever learned about him
1: i was thinking the exact same thing
0: and like i mean hearing him speak is just refreshing you and know, he's getting he's so points thoughtful. from
1: everyone else because yeah. he sounds well because he is a mature self-aware yeah adult and so he's talking about yeah i wasn't ready all the stuff that you mentioned yeah and it's like okay you are just and I, you can tell Alyssa is fuming, fuming. inside Because she's thinking, this is not fair. This is not fair. He's going to look good.
0: Yeah. In her mind, any time that Chris just, like, makes anyone... Any time that Chris's authentic personality ends up working well for him in a social setting, that's him trying to make her look bad. Which, that the paranoia is, like, so next level. Like, again, I've never seen anything like this. So... Then we get into, like, what have been some lessons that each of these couples have already learned and are working on slash struggling with, and everybody has something to say, and everybody has, like, a thoughtful perspective on whatever their thing is, and then it leads to, well, what about you guys? And Alyssa has her stinky face on, immediately is like, don't look at me. And then she literally says, we're taking it we're taking it. She realizes that people aren't going to back down. Yeah. Like, no, you're going to have to answer this question now. We're taking it day by day. We're both still sitting here. I mean, that says everything, right? No! No. It doesn't. It's, oh my God. She sounds,
1: okay, this is another strategy that she tries. Talking trying to convince people that she's saying something but she's not saying anything right and she does this at the very very beginning and she says you know uh like at the the very beginning of the show she says you know i'm trying to keep my head up trying to stay in the game we're taking and then now we're taking it day by day <laughs> yeah you know, we're still here it's like a politician or yeah. <laughs> or an athlete an athlete getting interviewed yeah. after the game you know it's like there's Dave, all these general things. Can I tell phrases. you, you know, tell me about what was happening. You know, yeah. You know, uh, we just took it day by day, play by play out there. Um, st- Trying, to, trying stick, to keep
0: spirits up, stay positive. Stick to
1: the plan. Um, You know, we're out here. You working know, we're, we're working our hardest. Um, And it's like, you're not saying anything. Right, you're right. Not, there's no, th- you're talking. Words are coming out of your mouth. I know, but, but you're not no saying But there's no substance. Shit. Yep. Oh, it's all a bunch of malarkey.
0: <sighs> so then... Alyssa's, so then they ask, they get asked outright, "Are you guys moving in together?" Alyssa First says, "She says
1: that we haven't talked about it.
0: We actually haven't talked about it.
1: Bullshit! You talked about you it are six a liar. hours ago. You are
0: bald face lying now. And yes, I will call you a liar, Alyssa. the The card like the worst thing <sighs> I could ever call you. Wait,
1: wait a minute, wait." Are you calling me a liar? Did you just call Alyssa I can't a liar? do this anymore.
0: <laughs> so she says that, which is already bad enough. And you know, like, there's no way she's going to get away with this right now. Because no. Chris is here no. in front of everyone. And then she goes, but I was thinking he'll move in the first month. And then I'll move in the second half you know, I mean, we both love, we both, we love you all so much. And so it's just like, why shouldn't we both be able to participate in the experience? You are not participating if you are not trying to be in a relationship. You literally just told on yourself that you are only here for cameras, And an experience. And I just was dying. And he immediately says, oh, well, I hadn't heard any of that. That's the first time I've heard that. Loved it. Loved it. Love when someone gets exposed for their lies in such a simple way.
1: And can I say that this is also the first time I've ever heard anyone suggest such an idea in the history of the show.
0: It's true. And then he admits... That he has no interest in that, but he came here for marriage or nothing, not for cameras and not for camera time. And I thought that that was so strong. It spoke for itself. He didn't have to get all like he never had to escalate it. It just spoke for itself. And I think that that like really set in for everyone else. Like, wow, this is I was just so glad we had witnesses. He admits in his interview right after, which I, that she wants to be here for the apartment. And that's what he's established after this conversation. Yeah. She still defends herself after this and makes it about how he won't compromise. And like literally in her side interview is like, Chris seems to be trying to actively make me look bad. I'm not a bad person. I'm a really good person. And
1: it's not my <laughs> fault that this happened. I know.
0: So I was just really glad he had witnesses. He kind of reiterates I'm all in or I'm not in at all. There's no in between. And then oh, so were you just going to say what she she says, "I just want everybody to know. This is like the first time in any ballsy sort of way she like addresses everyone. I put all the work in just like everyone Else,
1: if this is you putting in work, excuse me, uh, you're going to be unhireable. In the then United she's States
0: crying America. and says, "This hasn't been easy for me."
1: <sighs> well, my thing is, uh, yeah, this hasn't been easy on me. And then Chris doubles. Down. Chris at this point's like, "You're going to Give me say an answer in front of everyone." In front of everyone, he goes, "Are you all out?" And. She's like, I I I don't want to talk about it on camera. And then what really pissed me mm. off, I'm I'm sorry. I know what you're gonna say. Jasmina yep. and Katina checking Chris and being like, no, 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 you need to respect her space right now. She'll she'll talk to you. And I'm like, you don't know fuck about shit, Marty. <laughs> like
0: <laughs> Ozark.
1: Um, you don't you have not been as a part of a part of any of this other no. than Alyssa? Complaining to you on the beach. Yeah. Do not inter- intervene here because you, you know have what?
0: No she is not
1: going to have this conversation no. with Chris off camera. No.
0: Because they haven't talked at all this whole entire thing. Because she strung him along the whole way. Oh. That was really frustrating. Because, of course, again, what can she always fall back on? Like, I think my uh, respect and boundaries. And, like, if I don't want to have this conversation in front of everyone, I hope that that can be respected. And I I did feel like Jasmina was more the leader of that, and I didn't like that. She's like, oh, no, you know, please respect her boundaries. That was so frustrating. It felt like, God, she's so manipulative. Um.
1: So that that's essentially the end of dinner. Oh, well, and then right? the last
0: thing is Chris is like, either someone's trying or they're not. And yeah. she's like, well, that's not fair for you to say that because I'm here. And I'm like, oh my God, I am done with I'm here being any sort of badge of anything. It doesn't mean shit. If you were, again, like we've said, if you were a good person who actually believed in real boundaries and respecting other people, you wouldn't be here. The fact that you're here still actually says everything about you and the wrong things. So then we go into this awkward ass post group dinner moment when they're like not in the room it looks like they're in a hotel lobby
1: yeah i think there's who knows
0: she reiterates she wants to be a part of the experiment for the experience blah blah blah
1: he is calmly like they're having a calm normal conversation
0: he and you can tell he's doing this for camera so he goes have you told me the things that you would need me to change Based off of the first night yeah. that you were scared about. She says, yes. And he's like, what? And she's like, um, I'm not going to have this conversation now. I'm just not. So once again, he's trying to get her to have to say publicly, have you ever told me your qualms with me, your issues with me, the things about me that rub you the wrong way, that you haven't even given me the chance to try and change? Have you ever told me those? She's lies And then when he pushes her further and and is like, oh, I don't remember those. She once again. Is look
1: looks to producers like, are you going to save me? Are you going to save me? Are you going to save me? And they're like, nothing is happening here. Like, I know.
0: And he's like, so when do you think that you could tell me that? And she's like, well, (sighs) I mean, we leave tomorrow. So (sighs) I mean, maybe sometime next week. Bitch. Oh, no, bitch. No. Just no. Like, you are out of your mind. You're going to drag this man into a new week and still not tell him what your issue with him is? It's just cruel. And then.
1: To top it all off. And
0: then she says, to me, you need to remember that we're both in the same situation right now.
1: And then proceeds to say, I "I, have a migraine. Can we just have an adult conversation? (laughs) And I'm like, this is an adult conversation. I know. This is how adults talk to each other. What
0: do you mean by that? Adults? Adult conversation does not mean that you never get called to the carpet, bitch. It doesn't mean it's like it's like we talked about last week. It's like people who overuse the term negative which you see it in the housewives a lot. Yeah. Like if you are calling me out on my behavior and it's making me uncomfortable and I have no intention of owning whatever you said, you're just really negative. I can't be around all this negative, negative energy. energy. It's like, they're very negative. And it's like, bitch, you just won't take responsibility for the that you up. If you keep wronging you people,
1: up. you are the one producing the, negative exactly. outcomes.
0: And you just don't want to deal with the negative outcomes that you create. Yeah. So then you blame it on them. It's the oldest trick in the book. So I'm not going to tell you. I've already told you. I feel disrespected. You keep poking me again. We have her inching into, like, you're emotionally abusive and disrespectful of my boundaries territory, which has me, me, fuming beyond belief at this point. And then she literally goes, I don't like the way you're portraying this conversation. (sighs) And by that, she means I know that you trying to have a real adult conversation right now that I don't want to have. The fact that I don't want to have it and I'm saying it is making me look bad. Yep. There's nothing about portrait. Like, news flash, Alyssa, most people aren't walking around. I mean, maybe that's not true. But not everybody is walking around with, like, stage directions in their head thinking about actively portraying themselves. If they are, if they are, it's usually unconscious. First off, and secondly, most people aren't actively portraying. They're just fucking being. They're participating. They're in the conversation. They're not trying to portray themselves. You know what I mean? Like
1: he's just talking. That's all there is. He's not the editor putting this together. He's not the producer. He's not writing the scripts for these right. things. There's it's no just scripts. It's just happening.
0: Yeah, it's just happening. And you can't deal with it because you can't control it. And the irony of it all is that the more she tries to control it, the worse she looks. And it literally leads to another, OMG, I'm a really fucking good person through screamed tears. And then I won't stand here and have someone assassinate my character. I mean, just the audacity.
1: You're assassinating my brain cells.
0: Literally, my brain cells are assassinated. And by this point, he finally gets it. And he's in the interview and he's like, basically admits that deep down, he's known she hasn't been into him from day one. Which you're like, well, eight hours ago, you were still clinging on to a shred of hope. But deep down, I think he has known and he's just been in denial about it. And he's like, she's not into me, period. Oh, my God. Do you want
1: to touch on After Party right now? Or no? You want to wait? Like what we learned because Chris was on After Party?
0: Oh, sure. Yeah. So I guess I guess the biggest thing that came out in After Party is that, I mean, well, f- a few things. T- he says to this day, she has never admitted that she wasn't attracted to him. And that was in response to him having to watch playback clips of her tearing him apart, which I have to say was very hard to watch. But then we find out, which I loved that Lindsay blasted this out. She was like, you are not going to not say this. She called her lawyers in Puerto Rico to try and get out of the marriage and the MAFIS contract, to my understanding. And he asked her at the airport before they left Oh, no, this was at City Hall. So, like, they all, I didn't know this fact. This yeah, was like a fun, but speaking of behind the curtain, after they do their ceremonies, they go to City Hall to, like, quote, officially get married. And it sounds like they take the same officiant and they sign the shit. And usually people will, like, do a quick, I do, I do, I do, like, you know, for like the pomp and circumstance it's a of the celebration it all, and sign he just it. just got married. And he, the officiant asked, does she want to say, the vows Chris said yes she refused to say I do yeah. is the point point? thinking, and that that thinking would maybe like... that would save her but then the officiant proceeded to sign his name <laughs> <laughs> and then she was fucked um but then we did have that rumor confirmed so at City hall he asks, hey, we don't even have each other's numbers. do you want my number? You should probably have it she says, no thanks. I know how to find it if I need it
1: I know how to find you.
0: Wow, I mean that is like I'm like you think that you are so much better than this man that you were above putting his phone number in your contacts.
1: Well, see, and that's the that's high
0: on yourself. That's the rub. Like that's what it
1: comes down to. Like at the end of the day, no one's making you be attracted to him. You're not at fault for not being attracted to him, right? You know, but be a decent human being. Yeah, Like be a decent human being and if you're acting that because you think you're hotter than he is, <laughs> then you can treat him like shit. Right. And that's just not. Which
0: this says so much it, about who you are as a person. Exactly. On a wider scale. Exactly. And like, I love how she thinks it can be compartmentalized into just men who I'm attracted to or yeah. not. No, if you treat someone this way because you are not sexually attracted to them, Says a lot about who you are, yeah, and it's absolutely not that hard has, to be
1: kind, regardless no, of what situation. No,
0: was. and we had it confirmed that indeed, after all that mess, she f- insisted that a producer sit between them on the plane. Here, Chris, he literally said, an after party. Here, I'm thinking we have a four hour plane ride to finally get to know each other and just like learn about each other and talk. She would not allow them to even sit in chairs next to each other and forced a producer to sit in the middle and didn't speak to him the entire flight. I'm question. Beyond.
1: Do we think this couple's still together?
0: <laughs> That's the stupidest question. <laughs> <laughs> the real question is,
1: Is this, why is, do I
0: see them in a loft apartment in the preview for next week?
1: Oh, the real, well, because they have to talk to the experts. They're, they're not ending this relationship until some expert intervenes. Yeah. I'm just dying to know: is is she going to be on the reunion or not? Like, do you think that she's able to get out of that contractually, or because she's done on After Party? She walked off the set. She's not coming yeah. back to After Party. I anymore. could see her
0: not showing up. She's the type. Yeah. You know. Okay. Okay. Before
1: we, we move on,
0: we've hit a record of ha- talking about one couple. Yeah. In all um, of till death. Goes wherever
1: Spiritchat you're history. listening to this at your uh, at you know, at your place of work, on your couch, if you're working out, if you're in in your car. Let's us all take a collective deep breath here. We okay. are gonna cleanse the negative energy and move on to a different <laughs> couple because that was a lot. All right.
0: Luckily, I mean, they really were most of the episode. Um so a lot of what I have for the couples, is, the other couples, is I mean, I really don't have a ton. Um, let's just talk about Elijah and Katina.
1: Okay. Now, the big event with Elijah and Katina is at the beginning, and they go horseback riding. Mm-hmm. Um, I have to say, I had some serious—I don't know, if, not like PTSD, but I. This definitely made me chuckle and remember that during our honeymoon, <laughs> um Britt and I went horseback riding on the beach, now in Mexico. Now, some context of the situation. I had never ridden a horse before. And Brittany grew up in a horse-adjacent life, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. And is experienced on horses. So around sunset in Cabo San Lucas, we decided to do some horseback riding. With
0: like random dudes that we found on the beach.
1: Yeah. And I got to tell you, it was exhilarating from from my perspective. <laughs> I was going up and down the beach. I had like a straw hat. I felt like Hidalgo, that movie Hidalgo with Viggo Mortensen. Just... Beautiful creature, up and down the beach, we're galloping. He's listening to all my little clicks, my poles. I mean, I thought this. I mean, I I could have become a cowboy right then, right then and there. Brittany, on the other hand, had a completely she had a a katina experience on this horse,
0: (laughs) but not because I hate animals or have never ridden a horse. It was bareback. There was no saddle. It the sun was down. And it was suddenly dark. And my horse was very skittish. And it had been a while since I had ridden. And all of these factors made me very anxious. And the
1: horse can sense that. I started did you know that?
0: melting down. Yes, I I did. Were you aware and of that? And I was horse? like, we have to get off. Get me off.
1: <laughs> <The> whole experience <laughs> lasted no more than a half an hour.
0: Oh, it was so much shorter than that. It was like max 12 minutes. I'm not kidding. It was so short, which is why you describing yourself as Hidalgo is hysterical because you didn't even ride long enough to be Hidalgo. But it wasn't one of my finest moments. Anyways.
1: It was very similar to this. The only difference was... uh, Moving
0: on. Just uh, uh, Do do you uh, really have anything more to say at the hour mark about this experience?
1: Our experience? Or Katina and Olajuwon's? Ours. Oh, no, I'm good. Okay, I've exhausted
0: it, so I mean, I will say I cocked my head at I already don't like animals,
1: not a good look. Ugh, this man. is a pro animal pod,
0: yeah, We're big animal people. And like,
1: well, also, I was like, she's like, I don't like animals. Sorry, Peta. And it's like, okay. Like there's plenty is that? Of, like <laughs> people like animals and also, eat meat like I I don't like it's not a requirement
0: I just don't understand I know people have traumas and that's oftentimes like if you had some horrific childhood experience with a dog or something that's oftentimes at the root of this and I have a very close friend actually who's and we both do who's super anti-animal which is ironic because her parents live on a farm I have a hard time not judging your character if you do not like animals, I mean, at Reply Me, it might be not fair, but it's just my my truth, and I think it's your truth, too. So that was, it was like, oh, I love you, Katina, I thought, but wait, huh? Anyways, bottom line, they're on this horseback riding experience.
1: is being a little pushy, though, still, yes. regardless so of everything. So she is freaking
0: you know. out, and this is the truth. It, it's not an attractive look, obviously, But when you start getting scared in a situation like this, that like where it's like nature is involved and it's bigger than you and you start panicking, whether it's in the ocean or with a huge fucking animal, like you stop being rational and you start acting kind of like a little kid because you're just freaking out. So she's freaking out because she can't control this animal. It's going like there was a hilarious shot of them like. Trying to go down the same path, and they literally just cross each other and go opposite ways. And she's so stressed. Like, and he's just like in his interview talking about how she's sucking the positive energy out of me, but he's not going to let her get to him. And he won't stop living his life because his wife isn't comfortable. I just wrote, sir. After that.
1: <laughs> well, his whole thing is, is he? So all of these things have been combinations of tests. Games, pushiness. You're not her life coach. And no, exactly. You're not her life coach. And
0: you're not even a good life coach. You're not like her football coach, is what you're acting like. Yeah. And the thing
1: that really kind of gets under my skin about him and this and this thing is he says, I'm not going to push you to do anything that you can't do. Or like, and I'm like, here's the deal, dude. You guys have been married for five days. You don't know what those lines are. Yeah. Just because you feel comfortable doing something, you you think in theory she is physically capable she of doing. She should be able to. No, no, no. You you have not gleaned enough information from this relationship to determine what someone can and can't do. Right. And to assume that is stupid.
0: Really stupid. It makes you look like a freaking ass, and it makes you look controlling and yeah. pushy. And I know that. It seems to be coming from this like place that he views as very positive. Like, I want to challenge my wife and like get her to experience things that she didn't think she could, but like it's coming me from by the right my place. Side. But yeah, it's but like it's, but bro, it's she delivery
1: didn't, and execution. It's is like incorrect. talk about
0: the right place to respect boundaries. It's something like this. Yeah. A spe- like, no, you you don't push people with shit like this. You open the door, you can encourage. You can appeal to them, but then it's their choice. And if they're scared and you are their partner, that becomes the priority. It doesn't like not you making it clear that you think them being scared is stupid. Yeah. You know, it's like that's not really relevant. She's still scared. Are you yeah. going to help her not be scared anymore? Or are you going to be a dick?
1: She doesn't want to jump off the rock with you into water. Does it bum you out a little bit? Do you can you respect it? Yes. Do Sounds you respect like you it? Are yes. Speaking
0: from personal experience.
1: <clears throat> no, that's just a random example I came <laughs> up with, huh?
0: They go on a double date with Michael and Jasmina. I do like this like little foursome. Yeah. i what I will say here is I think Elijah Wan as a person, like he clearly doesn't have it all figured out as a partner, but I think he's a really stand-up guy from everything we know about him. And he has – he's so thoughtful, which is, of course, sometimes his downfall. But overall, like, he's a very thoughtful, good guy. And I think that he's a really good influence on Elijah Juan. They discuss their relationships and, like, clearly – because Katina talked to him after the horseback ride and basically let her know, like, look, I need you to comfort me in times like that. Yeah. I don't need you to push me. Like, not – just because you're capable doesn't mean I need to be. And I need you to respect that. And – I was surprised because he did admit at this thing, like he's just, he's surprising me more and more because there's a willingness for him to be open about where he might not be the best, you know, like he was so much talk and bluster at the top of the season that he really scared me that he was one of those types that, you know, a non crying Alyssa, basically an Alyssa with a bunch of testosterone. (laughs) Uh, But he's actually surprising me and willing Well, he really does
1: want to make this work. Yeah. And so he knows that he has some blind spots maybe and he's taking advice and he's trying to be better and like, you got to respect it. Yeah,
0: and he admits it both here on this double date and at the group dinner that he's learning that it's not I anymore, it's we. And that just because- he's into something, likes something, enjoys something, whatever, doesn't mean that your partner thus must as well and that he has to make room for their differences and that he needs to stop being so pushy. And I was very appreciative that on two different occasions he seemed to have some solid perspective on where he could improve and he had no issue admitting that to the group, including the other guys. And then I guess my last thing here, because we've already talked about Katina meeting with Alyssa, I just loved how passionate Elijah Wan was in his interview after that group dinner um, about Chris. And he was just saying like Chris being so raw at the table and owning his truth, but being so like respectful and vulnerable really blew him away and was like one of the most powerful things he's ever seen and he's just so he just so has chris's back and that makes me like him even more
1: yeah the whole comment about i love how he was just going off like it on the walk kind of like back to from dinner to the to the hotel and katina's like giving him side eye but she's also like not letting yeah. him like she's also like letting him go, even though he, she's probably like, oh, I'm friends with Alyssa. But he's like, what do you think she wants to do? It's 60 degrees in Boston right now. It's 90 here. What would you do? Yeah, like, of course. Yeah. She wants to stay here. It's yeah, a trip. Like, it's just like I'm like, you know, you're
0: going to learn from like Elijah. <laughs> one's going to convince you of the right path here with that, with yeah. the opinions on that couple <laughs> Um, let's talk about Noy and Steve okay. because I barely have anything to say about them.
1: We get some exploration of mossy rocks and rivers, the
0: rainforest moment,
1: the floating montage scene was so cute. He's like so teaching her cute. how to float. So
0: romantic. Uh, I will say, I it, and I, it's like I said last week, her init, her instinct is to not want like is is not to want to be in nature. It's not her, like, first choice. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we already found that out with, like, the campaign and blah. But even this, like, she was very nervous about getting into the water and, like, oh, my God, I have to climb down rocks and blah. And he did say in his side interview, like, I'm a little bummed that because these are the things that make me really excited. And, like, she's not, she's not as excited about it. Yeah. And that makes me – and so – That is one of those things that is just, it's not a deal breaker by itself. And I think that she ended up proving that she could still, yeah, she might like sputter at the top about her nerves about going down this little rocky ravine, but she's still going to do it and she's going to trust him. And like, oh, surprise, she actually loved the experience and it ended up being crazy romantic and so that's what made me feel. It's like, good entry
1: points yeah. into the nature. It's not like so He's not taking you, her on a
0: three day trek. Yeah,
1: you you want to climb Machu Picchu? Yeah, you know, it's it's a nice entry into. Hey, this is some fun, semi adventurous. We have a little waterfall, some water going over rocks. We have to be a little careful. It's slippery. <laughs> There's
0: some moss. Uh huh. Totally. Um, <sighs> <laughs> And that's pretty much all I have other than, like, at the group dinner. I mean, they're just so smitten with each other. It's obvious. And, like, I wouldn't be surprised if they've had sex by now. They just seem very connected. And he admits at the group dinner that one of his, like, shortcomings and slash differences is that he has a hard time expressing his feelings in words. But that like affection and like experiencing fun things together and like those are the ways that he's able to show her how he feels about her. And so he's like both working on stretching himself a bit and also Noi is being open to receiving him in whatever way he can give right now. And I thought that was really sweet. And then she's obsessed with having three children. Which is so interesting, especially considering Lindsay is obsessed with not having three children. Like, that's her only no. Yeah. Do you have anything more on them, though?
1: No. They're just like, they're doing great. Like, there's nothing,
0: they're almost boring. Michael and Jasmina, or MTS and Lindsay?
1: Let's do Michael and Jasmina. We'll close with MTS and Lindsay.
0: Okay. Man, I I know know I said it
1: last week uh-huh. like can these two have fun i've just never seen a couple like it's weird because it's not like i mean they've had their argumentative moments and stuff but it's not like they really can't they haven't had like blow-ups like mark yeah and Lindsay have. yeah um but i'm like i've never seen people like this is your honeymoon yeah. can we smile yeah like, there are thousands of things to do in san juan I'm assuming. I, <laughs> I don't know why I said it like that. It came out in like, San
0: Juan. In San Juan,
1: um, there are so many things to do, and we've seen you can put on a you can snorkel, snuba, snuba, you can snuba, you can paddleboard. You guys went on a boat. You can go into town. They you just can,
0: can't like, and I'm like,
1: there's just not. Like, they can't can have... break the arc vibe. Yes, I'm like, I'm starting to get concerned because I am I'm like, too. if you can't laugh and have a good time here you're not going to be able to do that in Boston. Well, and and it's like, they, I think she gets into these moods that she yeah, can't get out yeah. of. And he, he just gets into the serious thing where it seems like win. the only thing that he wants to do is go to the gym.
0: and Or talk <clears throat> about their relationship or how he wakes up at 4 a.m. Or goes to Yeah, bed and I'm
1: like, can we laugh and dance? I really thought that with this, like we got teased last week from the preview into this week. And yeah. I thought that they were actually going to have like this fun... This super fun room. And they had a good time. It
0: was whatever. You but know? it just
1: wasn't like they go to the same spot that Stephen Noy does later, I think.
0: Yeah, they had their rainforest and, moment. You know, and it was so, like, so stilted and stunted. Yeah. But I just, will say, when she finally cracked a smile and a giggle, it made it that much more obvious to me how long it had been since I had seen her smile or laugh. Which was, which he even said something in an interview like, I hadn't seen her smile since the wedding.
1: Well, yeah, and it's concerning to me because either one of two things are happening either they still have this residual um, funkiness from from their disagreement, which I'm like, wait a minute, if we are taking this much funkiness like two days down the line over something that really wasn't that big of a deal. Right. Then what's going to happen when there is a bit, a really a real big, thing. a real thing that goes down. Does yeah. is, is that mean like it it's exponentially going to yeah. take you guys longer to get through it? Or, and I think maybe more concerning than that is like, they just kind of don't really have fun together and don't have a lot yeah, of I'm like chemistry. They're, they're just like in a rut. They're... And it's like, shouldn't you be able to, I don't know. I just think back of like times when we're on vacation or whatever. And it's like, we might have a fight about something, but it's like, okay, we're on vacation. Let's, it's easier to get out of ruts when you're not in day-to-day life. Right. It's easier when you can go to a restaurant or have brunch and mimosas or there's the beach right there. Or, you know, it's like, it's it's I easier to break out of these things. It should be. It should be. It should be.
0: Because everything about vacation is like being disconnected from... I mean, I get what... <sighs> like, how are you going to
1: have fun in your day-to-day? It's weird. It's like you have to... Manu- on this show, you have to manufacture these dates and like what Bao did to Johnny last year with the, I'm setting up the bar thing. Right. And we have the darts and I'm ordering this special bar food and here's all these beers. You know, it's like... You have to go out of your way to kind of make these cheesy dates at home. And if you can't do that on the honeymoon...
0: When you've got built-in fun you've got built activities in and fun, alcohol. It, yeah, like, what's the problem I don't know. Here? Like, I know. I'm, I'm worried that... Like, okay. There was a moment in the rainforest when we finally crossed over to, like, just being light. And she... She didn't even want to receive him trying to be cute at first. And then she finally yeah, backed exactly. down and was like, okay. And then like she, she kind of started in giggling. These funks yeah, that she does. really
1: kind of, I don't know. They, they Well, it just throw, feels a little
0: unfair or like, like it, it doesn't quite match
1: what. There's too much work that he has to do to get her in a base level contented mood. Right.
0: At I, least that's what it looks like. I feel like he has been operating from a deficit from almost day one and has never been able to quite like catch up to just be at a re- a good, nice, fun baseline, like you're saying. And I think that she views each of these not perfect or not lovely conversations as like cumulative. So like he never gets a blank slate. And here's the thing. I think we'll continue to be perplexed if this like carries on because we did not see That big, heinous conversation that she said he was aggressive and mean and blah, 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 blah. We didn't see it. And look, if it was really as bad as the way she conveyed, which I have to remind myself, then I guess I feel for her and, like, that would be hard. But because we didn't see it. It feels almost like it didn't really yeah. happen and we're just equating it with those other awkward conversations where they disagreed, but it wasn't like that dramatic. It was just like they were both being stubborn and then they were like, okay, bye. And so if it was like that, which we're kind of assuming, we're like, wait, what? But di- I- I'm just worried. I, It's so weird to be like rooting so hard for a couple I think it's because to me on paper and visually, it's like, you are both such beautiful people. There's no reason you shouldn't be attracted to each other. And you're really good people. Like, why can't you figure it out? Like how hard is it? Yeah. That's what
1: I'm feeling. Also, I have a couple positives here that I think, um, okay. Down the line. Okay. So first of all, I thought it was a sign of maturity and just kind of shows what kind of person Michael is acknowledging in front of the group at dinner his shortcomings and how he's trying to work on his communication. Which I feel like Um,
0: he's led with that multiple times. Yes, so
1: that's positive. Another thing that I think is going to benefit this couple is their friendship with Katina and Olajuwon. Yeah. Because, and I know that it's a different situation um, Michael, uh, Michael and Elijah are not friends like Woody and Miles were. Like they didn't know each other before this. But in the New Orleans season, Woody, Woody and Miles, like Woody helped Miles out because his re- Miles and Karen's relationship was moving a lot slower.
0: They balanced and was, each other out really well.
1: And so having that person to go and Woody talk was with, more
0: of the the fuck boy turned into a husband. Yeah. And Miles was like really solid stand-up, emotional human being. But
1: more reserved. Who
0: didn't really know how, like didn't really have like flirty swag or anything. And they kind of like as friends, I think.
1: Were able to help each other out. Spoke
0: into each other's situations. You're right. So
1: that gives me hope. Um, Yeah. Also, I'm just kind of coming out at this, like this just popped into my head, but. Maybe this couple needs like a house the housewarming party to come. Like yeah. maybe they could be better served by like being Family around friends. their friends and the fa- and Connecting. you know like Michael's got they both have such strong families, you know, and it's kind of like we need maybe that'll help. So anyway, I have positives.
0: Yeah, still TBD with these still two. Still TBD. Okay, MTS and Lindsay. Overall, this couple was like night and day. They flipped what a switch
1: saw. from what, like literally it was a week of re- of our time that we went between episodes and they were just like ready. They were just back to normal. They talked about it. They're back to normal. Which, They're all good. Which want to
0: talk about like bouncing back. Yeah. I mean, this couple has so much potential for explosion and yet they bounce back real nicely. And I thought that this was really... I mean, it was beautiful to watch Lindsay step into this more um, nurturing role. It's like, oh, okay, Lindsay's all over the place. But when you need her or like when I just felt like all around, even the way that we got to watch her interact with Chris, but mainly the way she interacted with MTS, especially through these very I'm let's just be honest. Red flaggy, disturbing situations, which include a psychotic landlord that apparently appears to be jealous that she's
1: because she thinks
0: she's his mom and is about to lose him because he's going to move in because he got married. So he's got this psycho landlord that's been blowing him up like three to seven times a day to bitch at him for different reasons, including. He apparently has a bedbugs infested apartment to go back to, which if I was Lindsay, I would be freaking out. Like we're supposed to move in together in two days and your shit is bedbug infested? Like burn you're it. not bringing anything no, to the burn apartment. burn
1: it all. Burn it all. I know. We'll get, we'll get MTS a new wardrobe anyway. It's all Yeah, good. it's fine. It's fine.
0: <laughs> that's true. But then even more insane, so part of this this landlord that's – I mean, clearly for Lindsay, and she talks more about this in After Party, it's presenting as a red flag because it's another instance where Mark, Mark seems to be um, one of those people that's so concerned about being there for everybody else that he has zero boundaries. And that can attract a certain kind of human into your life because yep. if you have no boundaries, people that Also, don't have boundaries, love to find you and take advantage of you. And so I think she's starting to put together like, ew, what does this mean about my husband? That I am on a honeymoon with him right now, and he's getting blown up by a landlord that seems to think he's family, but she's being cruel and like controlling our day, basically. Yeah. And apparently changed his lease while he was gone to say that no cats are allowed so that she can evict him when he gets back. It's just like
1: the most bizarre, weird thing. So
0: unexpected. Like, I don't feel like we're used to being on the honeymoon hearing about their real life haunting them. Um, The only other time I can think of is that weirdo pathological liar, Michael, in D.C., who was worried about applying to jobs the whole time he was on the honeymoon.
1: Oh, yeah. (laughs)
0: Kept saying he was doing interviews. And also, we that he was um,
1: it. lest we forget, Chris finding out that he was having oh, a baby. It goes without on his saying. <laughs> <laughs> on his honeymoon. True. That's true. That's a pretty big yeah. uh, invasion of the honeymoon. Blocked
0: him out. Um, um, but yeah, so all of that roundabout tangent to say, we learned some things about MTS this week that show us that, like, okay, this is a very good man he's still. But he's got, but he's got to, his own shit that needs to be worked on. Maybe. Yeah. We Would present as, like, not attractive if you were meeting this person out in the world and starting to get to know them. And the way that Lindsay chose to step up and just be a rock for him and be like, I'm going to prioritize you, your needs. I'm going to help you come up with a game plan for when we get back. Don't you worry. Like, prioritizing them, having fun. And just being so sweet. Like it was just really nice to see this side of her because as we have been honest about, she sort of was losing us with her behavior the last week. This was
1: like a turnaround of the week. This is most improved performance (laughs) from last week. From cry victim uh, to like
0: fight starter, wasted mess.
1: To what she is this week, which is just amazing. And I have to say, major, major props. To Lindsay. Yep. For sitting through that dinner. She almost uh almost opened her mouth. She but sitting been. through. That I am and Lindsay pull- at that dinner. And pulling a move out of the Tim and Britt book and just squeezing hands under the table.
0: Because <laughs> uh, she made a face that made Alyssa go, please stop doing that. Yeah. And Lindsay. She's like, I'm not doing and normally Lindsay would have like, you will at well, least, who we know her to be up until this point. Which maybe she's also watching her drinks because MTS has been on her about it. And I really think that that has made a big difference. Yeah. Because she also has not seemed drunk at all. Um, And she just let it go.
1: But a huge, you, by keeping your mouth shut, you kept all the focus on Alyssa. Yes. Which was what needed to happen. And even though we would have agreed with everything that would have come out of your mouth at that dinner table, the focus was to let uh, Alyssa dig her own hole. Yep. And show everyone the type of person. Let that be the focus. Don't jump in and change the focus. To you. To you.
0: Yeah, exactly. Great
1: job, Lindsay. Mad props.
0: Yeah. And she says, like, so this is all, I mean, they wake up like this is them coming back from you know, that romantic date night gone wrong because MTS was so stressed that he ended up admitting, you're stressing me out, and I want to take a step back because I'm scared. But what I am seeing is like, okay. They, Lindsay, yes, she can be reactionary and that's something that she really needs to work on. But she is one of those people who like, if you hash it out with her and you hear her feelings and then you own your part in it, she will also hear you out and where you're coming from and she will let it go. Yeah. Which is very refreshing to watch on a show like this. And she said the next day, intimacy is about having a fight and moving past it. And... I don't know. I mean, I'm, she's so, I mean, she's just so smitten. They're out flying that freaking kite. And she's like, he's my favorite person. My soul is filled with love. I was like, this is just so cute. And he's like skipping through the cliffside meadow with the kite. And it's just so picturesque. It was really cute. Yeah. So overall, I just, this was a great week for them. And it gave me. Like, all this renewed hope in what's possible for them. And it really made me think of that couple. I posted it on the Instagram, I think today, of Beth and Jamie. Yeah. Who started, what, That I don't know, it was season seven uh, or eight. Yeah. But they started explosively in a, like, sexual infatuation intensity. But then we quickly saw this very explosive side.
1: Big personality. Of
0: Beth. Yeah. And the way that she would fight and like, here we are all these years later and they're one of Mathis's most successful couples. It's like, and that one to this day will honestly confuse me. Yeah. But they are so happy and they got through it. And so, and I think because they were so obsessed with making it work, that was what like kind of the through line for them. And I don't know. They remind me a lot of that couple, even though MTS is like, in my opinion, in terms of behavior right now, he's a much, for lack of a better word, better guy than Jamie seemed at the time to me.
1: I can't really remember.
0: But anyway, um, they remind me a lot of them. And then last just, I thought it was a hilarious thing. <laughs> she asked him, she was like, so what kind of stuff do you have up on your walls? In your...
1: Oh, I forgot about this. In your house.
0: And he's like, um, I like to put up like quotes And she's like, "Oh my god! I asked you at the wedding if you were a live laugh love sign guy," and he's like, "Wait, what? I don't even know what that means." And she's like, "You know, like the moms who go to Home Goods and put like live laugh love signs on their wall." And MTS is to this day confused. And so I'm like, "So what do what do you mean by your quotes? Like, what are they? I can't wait to see." Except, are we ever going to enter that freaking room without? Like, they're going to need hazmat suits.
1: I don't know. I need. It, I I need want to oh, yeah. see his I,
0: I, decor. I, I I'm i honestly see what, scared. What it says. If you're a guy with bed bugs and three cats and two roommates, I'm a little worried about what your decor is. <sighs> but hopefully, like, if I was Lindsay, I would just be like, yeah, and I will be the interior decorator. Thank you very much. It's
1: probably just, like, wine and coffee in cursive, like, in the kitchen. Something like that. <laughs>
0: Or it's like motivational. Strive. Yeah, who can say?
1: Courage. We'll find
0: out. That's all I got on them. Do you have anything more?
1: I don't have anything more. Do you want my power rankings? I do. All right. Coming in at number five, we have Chris and Alyssa. I think pretty soon th- there's going to be no fifth spot. I yeah, think it's just going to be hope four. So. Number four, I have Jasmina and Michael. Okay. Number three, Katina and Alajuan. Okay. Number two, Mark and Lindsay. Big jump from fourth to second. And um, Stephen Noy, Stay at
0: Top. Okay. That all makes sense to me. Two weeks in a row. No notes. I know. I'm telling you, I'm a fair person. Like, I'm only going to speak my mind if I have something to say.
1: I'm on a roll. Let's (laughs) see if I can make it three for three. Tune in next week to find out.
0: I have one lyric. I mean, I was so distracted by my fury that I really was not tracking them as well this week, but there was one that was just too much. It was like, right. Oh, we didn't even really talk about this, but it was right at the song leading into Chris having his sad FaceTime conversation with his sister. And it was just, oh, the spinning makes me dizzy. I think I've had enough of you. <laughs> I was like, Ugh. oh, Yeah. So there we go. There's our lyric of the week. And next week, we go home. And I bet you we're not going to get much. It's probably going to primarily be them showing each other their places and then just moving in, right?
1: Seems like we get a little, um, a little
0: expert intervention. I sure hope so. Oh, well, besides Pastor with Pastor Cowan. Yeah, but Chris. I think yeah.
1: um like Stephen Noy, oh. we maybe talk about some job issues oh, cool. that we oh, have. Oh, that's right. Yes. So I'm hoping we'll get a little expert intervention. That'd yeah, be nice. Yeah,
0: please for the love. Like, please. Um, Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for listening. If you've made it to this point, you listened to us talk about Chris and Alyssa for an hour. And just for that alone, I commend you. I
1: think it was therapeutic for everyone. I
0: think it was, too. It was very cathartic for us. It was necessary. Okay. Have an incredible weekend. Share this with your friends. Like and subscribe and all the things. And we will see you next week for another crazy Married at First Sight episode. Bye. Bye.